0: What is up, my friends? Welcome to and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 10 to 16, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 19th year of marriage. So, yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood. And I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and of course, have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is my friend Tony Bizzuto. My friends, this conversation is so valuable. There are two topics we jump into that I know so many of us, me included, wrestle with, and that is insecurities about who we are and finding joy and fulfillment in the work that we do. Enjoy this much needed conversation with my friend, Tony. All right, my friends. Welcome to another episode of Fatherhood Field Notes. Super stoked! Been thinking about this all day to sit down and talk fatherhood with my friend Tony Bizzuto. Tony, how are you today?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks.
0: Yeah, man, it's really good to see you. Uh, thanks for setting aside some time to uh, sit down and talk fatherhood with me.
1: Yeah, happy to be here, man. Looking forward to it, and and uh, looking forward to sharing whatever I can to your listeners, and hopefully learn something from you as well.
0: Love it, dude, and, and same for me. First off, I just want to say, okay, so today is what is today? February shoot ninth. Is that right? February ninth. Okay. So we're recording today. This will come out in the next, you know, month or two, but the adventure fatherhood book release book publish date is next week. And we did the Kickstarter fundraiser. We raised $33,000 to get this book funded and you were a contributor supported. And I just want to say big, thank you for helping bring that to life, bro.
1: Oh yeah, man. Yeah. I'm super stoked to get it. Super stoked to see it. It's, uh, you know, anything, anything father, anything fatherhood related really, you know, or, or just family related, you know, um, I'm like a sponge and I've, mm. I've always kind of been that way and anything I can do to kind of fill in, um, you know, the free time that I have and, and continue to learn, I'm all about it. And, you know, you, you, uh, you put out good stuff, man. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Love it. Thanks. So we're going to have fun next Friday night at the book release party, uh, just celebrating fatherhood, really. So that people can get to know who I'm talking to, I got a few random questions for you. The first question is, how old do you find yourself today?
1: I am 41 years old. 41 years old. And how many years you've been married? Uh, We are hitting 18 this year. Uh, My wife, Courtney, and I have been married since 2005.
0: Love it dude. Congratulations. It's so awesome. So long huh? It's like you're hitting that point almost where it's like half your life.
1: Yeah, man. Which yeah, is I wild,
0: know. right? It's getting yep. there. Um and how many kiddos do you guys have?
1: Uh we have three kids. I've got a 16-year-old who just started driving last year. He's a junior <laughs> in high school. Uh so got good. A, a 14-year-old who's a freshman in high school, uh my daughter, and then uh, another son, so boy, girl, boy who is 11 years old and in fifth grade.
0: Does it feel weird? Cause I have a 16 year old as well. So same spread, right? Mine are 10 to 16. Does it feel weird to say you have a 16 year old?
1: Oh yeah. And a 16 year old that's driving and then yeah. high school, especially, I, I don't know something about being in high school and, and having that, uh, you know, notoriety. It just, it, it puts extra age on it.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like, I still feel like I'm figuring this whole thing out yet my kids coming to this tail end of even living under my roof, um, which is just, it's weird because the I, I can see it that this idea of like all my kids living under my roof, it's one day going to be four kids and then it's just going to be three. And then it's like so weird. Like what's the dynamic going to be when that oldest kid
1: leaves? Right. Right. And there's a weird dynamic on top of that with um age range and personality. So like I'm, I'm at that point with, my oldest and my daughter who are kind of, you know, they're done listening to dad and his wisdom and what he wants to, you know, <laughs> talk about with me and they've, yeah. they've got things figured out. And then I've got my youngest who's still that, that ball of energy and sponge, right. He's always asking questions, always wanting to learn and, all, you know, figure things out and, and communicate. And so it's, it's kind of an interesting juggle.
0: Yeah. How have you seen, I'm just going to kind of, th- this is just coming to mind, but how have you seen your relationship with your 16 year old shift? So your 16 year old's a boy, right? Yeah. Okay. So how has your relationship over the past, let's say year shifted, right? Cause now they're at the second half of high school. It's not like they're the freshmen and kind of figuring this out. They're in it. They get it. They're seeing the horizon. Have you seen your relationship with him shift? And like, what does that look
1: like? Yeah, a little bit. I think it's gone more from a, uh, an interactive role, you know, to a supportive role, meaning, hmm. you know, when he was younger, it was more, you know, interaction together with, um, you, you know, either sports or, uh, you know, hanging out at the house and playing games, cards, boards, whatever, um, to more of a supportive role where he's in school, he, he has his independence he um, has his, you know, set of friends that he want, you know, that he spends time with and wants to spend time with. And so, you know, anytime I find a, an opportunity to support him in what he's doing, whether it be uh, like learning something in school or, you know, um, uh, uh, driving the car, he's involved in sports, he does track and field. So, you know, just, just the presence of me being there, you know, at, at, at a meet or something like yeah. that, I just got done playing varsity football. So, you know, try just, just being present and supportive of what he's trying to accomplish and do.
0: Yeah. Do you find that you, so with my 16 year old, I find like she's gone a lot now, um, with the independence of a car and then sports and whatnot. So it's like jockeying, like I gotta be real intentional to have time with her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's got, it's like on me, which dude, little highlight is she asked me to go to lunch yesterday, which was rad. And rad. Yeah. and I looked at my calendar and I had an appointment and I was like, dude, don't go to that appointment. Right. I just, it's like, I moved it because this has to be the priority. Um, yeah. So you find yourself kind of same deal. Your kid's gone a lot now.
1: Um, you know, not so much with my oldest. He's um, personality wise, more of my introvert. Mm. uh oh you know, he he's um he's big into computer science he's you know i helped him build his 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 first computer uh, right. not too long ago he's kind of into the gaming and the video editing scene and so um he's not out as much as we'd like to see him out i guess sometimes mm-hmm. we're like hey man get out get into trouble you know go figure something out go hang out with yeah. a friend. i don't know whatever you know drive the car around um and so he's he's more of the uh the introvert type kind of the you know independent low-key um, kind of guy so I you know I don't have that with him as much um, m- uh, my other two my daughter's kind of in the middle she's out a little bit more and then my other son he's my youngest he's kind of kind of my spitfire man my fireball he's he's uh, got personality he's got intelligence he's got competitiveness um, and uh, it's it's, you know it's just an interesting dynamic between all three of them
0: yeah it's so wild how they can all be so different
1: yeah.
0: um, so where do you guys live as a family
1: uh, we are in the greater Sacramento area. We're out in, uh, uh Lincoln, C- Lincoln, California.
0: Got us so in Northern California, Sacramento. And then what do you do for a living to provide for the family?
1: Uh, I'm an insurance broker. I'm an agency, uh, owner, a business owner. I'm a partner with, um, my family. My dad founded the business back in 81. And, um, now his younger brother, Steve, my uncle and I, uh, co-manage operations. Um, and as well as my two younger brothers, I have, uh, two siblings that are in the business as well. And they're working their way up into um, partnership and, and, and working in the business in a more, um, uh, operational capacity.
0: Right. And I'm sure there's like a whole huge conversation just about running business with family, uh, that, that we could have, but maybe just since you mentioned it, you know, your dad started this in, in 81, do you start to have the mindset that like, and I don't know that your dad did back in 81 to say 90, the first nine years that that his sons would maybe take that over. But I don't really think about my kids and I don't know if it's a difference in the culture now, but I don't really think about my kids taking over my insurance agency one day for you. Was there ever this conversation with you and your dad that like kids, you guys are going to get into this business one day. Um, and I just think that that's unique because, from my outside perspective, you have been the most involved as the kid thus far. Um, and so maybe you've had more conversations and interaction in that area.
1: Yeah, I've, um, I've definitely been in the business the longest uh, out of out of my other two siblings. Um, you know, people ask oftentimes, how did you get into insurance? And it's usually one of two ways, uh, by way of family brainwash, or <laughs> you know, you fell into it through uh, a yeah. um, through a, a, a you know a friend or something like that, or through school maybe, uh, but yeah, no, my dad he was very passive aggressive about it. He wasn't like you know putting this on me or anything like mm. that. Where like, you're gonna take this over when we you know when you're old enough and all that. It was more like you know he he supported me in what I was doing and the various jobs that I had before this and 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 other things that I had going on. And but he was always admired about it. He said, oh he's all, you talked about insurance. I'd worked I'd worked here off and on as a part time thing too growing up a little bit. And so I kind of had, a, a, you know, uh, an understanding of what the office environment was like. And and so, yeah, he's just super supportive of everything. But, you know, always still there, you know, just checking in. Hey, you know, yeah, I'm sure is a great career, you know, <laughs> so kind of like that. So
0: growing up, did you see that your dad did have a good career? Like, I mean, I know he's still involved in the business, but was what was inspiring to you about wanting to get into it? was it seeing the lifestyle he created? Was it seeing his work ethic? Like what was it that drew you to go ahead and step into the business?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, my dad is a hard worker. He was, mm-hmm. and is a hard worker and, um, he, uh, provided for the family and it was stable, you know, for the most part. Yeah. And so, um, that, that resonated for sure. You know, as I was trying to navigate, as I got older, what, what career path I wanted to take and, and do. And, and whatnot, you know, I didn't graduate from college, so some options are limited with that, I guess. But, um, but that didn't that didn't persuade me one way or another. It's just um, yeah, that resonated with me seeing him, um, you know, always having a job, somewhere to go, some somewhere that put food on the table for the family and provided some toys and extracurricular activity. Um, and so, you know, that was uh, that was important to me.
0: Yeah. So good, man. He's a good dude. Um, as you have been a father for 16 years now, you've hit a few different stages, right? Like from the moment you're going to be a dad to having a baby, to having a toddler, to elementary school, middle school, now high school. At what point did you embrace fatherhood? At what point did you go, man, this really matters. Uh, and I want to lean into it because at the beginning of this, you said, you know, like when I talked about the book, you said, anytime there's something family related or fatherhood related, I want to lean in. I want to learn. So there's this conviction you have that it matters when did that come about.
1: Hmm. Huh? That's a, that's a good question. Um, I think I started realizing the importance of, um, how, how much of an impact I am on my, my kids uh, and my oldest in particular, because he was my firstborn. So um, when they started noticing me and developing a personality and, you know, started asking questions and um, really paying attention to, you know, the environment and what's going on around them. I don't know really at what age that happened at probably somewhere around, uh, four or five. And that's not mm-hmm. to say that it wasn't important to me before then. Um, and I was young, I was young when I had kids too. And so I was still trying to figure things out, you know, and, and I still am. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a wild ride, man. But, uh, but I was young, you know, I was in my mid twenties and, and trying to navigate a, a you know, a, a new career and a new marriage and, and, and a new kid, you know? So, um, there was a lot on my plate for sure. And, and, uh, yeah, I'd say, say as he got a little bit old enough to where he was, you know, developing personality and, and, uh, noticing me, you know, noticing us.
0: Yeah. I, 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 like that a lot. That moment where it's not really a moment. It's like all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, this kid just mimicked me. Or this kid is, is really engaging. Like I'm seeing their personality and there's pieces of me. There's pieces of my wife in them. Um, and that you realize you have impact. And I think that that realization that as fathers, we have enormous impact on our children, uh, is really critical for us to wake up each day and embrace.
1: Um, yeah, and I I was, I was reading, you know, or, or just kind of learning or hearing things or learning more about, you know, raising kids and whatnot, you know, they, they really, you have the greatest impact on them, you know, at at a young age, you know, anywhere between that one to 10, you know, 10 years of age or 12 years of age, you know, um, that is the, that time period where they're just soaking everything up, you know, and they're experiencing emotion the same way we do. And they're having, you know, um, um, to learn how to navigate that. And, and, you know, they're going to, Soak up as much as they can during that time period, you know, intentionally or unintentionally, um, uh, by who they're who they're around with the most, and you know.
0: Yeah, and it's it's crazy because I think some parents don't realize how much time you spend with your kids, like in the morning, you know, uh, in the evening. These routines that seem like it's just like middle time. It's it's not. It's not like school. It's not work. It's not a vacation. But it's all the moments that we're spending with these kids stacked on top of each other day after day, month after month, year after year is really shaping our kids. And so I know you and I are both very much into like learning and growing and, and showing up well for our families. So our kids see that versus being being stagnant. So with that in mind, as you think about, you know, the role of fatherhood, what have you learned about yourself? And maybe, you know, you kind of talked about that young 20s, newly married uh, building a career, having kids. Um, what's something that you learned about yourself through your fatherhood role?
1: Hmm. Um. Well, that I don't know the answer to everything hmm. and that if I don't know it, I'm definitely going to try and find out what it is, figure it out so I can convey that message. Um, and persistence, just, you know, um, being persistent and intentional in, uh, what we're doing with, uh, our family, with our kids, um, trying to create those life experiences together, you know, um, and the importance of that. And so I think, I guess what I've learned is just, um, the importance of being present and the importance of, family and being there for family.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So as a dad, okay. So this word persistence, definitely come back to that. But I like what you said here is being intentional in what we're doing as a family. Um, was there a time where you and your wife sat down when the kids were young and and thought through like, Hey, what's important to us as we raise our kids, whether it's like, you know, we always went to this family vacation. So I'd love to continue that. Or we did this for holidays. I'd love to do that. Or, um, this is the kind of school I want my kid to go to, or this is the neighborhood I want to go to. It seems like a lot of things in life, they just kind of happen, right. As we're just going through life. But did you find there was any time where, or you continue to do like sit down and evaluate, like, what are we doing?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, there's a period of time, you know, um, earlier on where, you know, we're strapped for cash, like everybody else. And sometimes yeah. we still are, but, um, and so we had to be real, uh, you know, like, especially when, you know, when Christmas time rolls around, you know, how many people are going to buy presents for, how much do we have to spend? What, and it's all, it kind of, you kind of get sucked into that vortex. of yeah, gifting, right. And we got to a point where we're just like, for Christmas, we're going to create a book of activities to do throughout this next year, you know? And we sat down and we thought of trips we can make happen, places we can go see, things we can do together as a family and create life experiences as Love opposed that. to just trying to find something tangible that is, you know, either going to get broken, chucked, or lost at some point, right? <laughs> you yeah. can't bring that with us down down the road, right? So um, so at some point in time, we we, uh, we talked about that, we thought about that, and, and wanted to um, create ways in which we could impact their lives with life experiences and, Mm. and doing those things together, um, as well as tradition, you know, um, uh, for the last several years, we have a family tradition that's even now gone out to the extended family of, um, going to uh, Southern California every year and, and hitting Disneyland for a couple of days, you know? And so, um, that's been a cool thing to do, uh, with the family and extended family. Yeah. Um, so I think that, uh, that had the biggest impact and we still, we still try to hold to that today to today. I mean, we, you know, we still want to, you know, we, we try and when we spend our money, think intentionally, okay, where is this going to have greatest impact? And, and, you know, even though we may be strapped for cash, um, it's important that we create these experiences for the kids and, you know, deal with, whatever money situation there may be down the road, right?
0: Yeah, dude. So the book of activities, is that something that you and your wife would sit down and do or the whole family and would say, hey, like, what do we want to do this next year? And we just kind of throw things on the wall. Like, what did that look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, when we first started doing it, it was just my wife and I, um, you know, the kids were a little bit younger, um, but we just created this flip book and we would put either pictures of somewhere in there or, you know, write something in there, what we're going to do. And then we just flipped through it and it was, um, came with like a passport pass. So when we did Mm. it, like, you know, you you check the passport off and and it was good. Right. Um, and then, yeah, over time we've, we've engaged more with them and see, you know, see if there's anything that they've been interested in doing. We, uh, when my kids turn, uh, I believe it's 12, uh, 14, 14. We take them each, each one of them. So we've done it with um, Michael. We did it with Violet. Um, no, sorry, it's twelve. Michael, Violet, and then James will be next year. Um, we do uh, a one-on-one trip with them. So Courtney and I will take that kid so out, cool. you know, wherever they want to go, and um, within reason. <laughs> yeah. And Michael, cool. Michael, you know, one he loves Disneyland, and it is because since a child we've taken him there every year, and that's where he wanted to go, so we went there with Violet. Um, It was actually, uh, it wasn't a trip. It was a room remodel. She wanted Mm. her own. She got her own room and she wanted to set it up the way she wanted it. And, and that's what we did. Um, and so now for James, we'll, we'll figure that one out next. Dig it. So question, is there a time
0: that you and Courtney sat down to think about the next year and one of you threw out a place, I don't know, or an idea and immediately it was like, oh, is that possible? And then you guys did it. Like, just curious if there was any, I mean, or an activity, like what if we did rock climbing or what if we did X, Y, or Z? And, oh, well, we've never done that. Was there a time where you kind of something was said and then you guys ended up doing it?
1: Like spur of the moment?
0: No, or- not necessarily. Like, say in December, you're sitting down thinking about 2023 and you're like, uh, what if we were to go to Yosemite, for example? Like, was there ever anything that was kind of out of the ordinary and then you guys made it happen?
1: Uh, yeah. So we kind of did that uh, two years ago. I think it was 2020, maybe. Um, uh, we uh, took a trip out to Utah uh, to go visit um, some family out there. And uh, before we left, though, we had uh, planned to do this. Uh, we, we said so we, we thought about, well, hey, we're going to be out there i always wanted to go see a national park, um, can we make Yellowstone happen? We're mm. gonna be as close as we're ever gonna be going to Yellowstone, right? And so like, and we, we've we gone to Utah, you know, every other year or so like that, and we never really thought about that, and I was like, well, you know, that would be a fantastic trip. And so we we planned it out, and we, we were gonna be in Utah for a week, and we are gonna spend the last week uh, driving up to Yellowstone and taking the kids through the park and staying there for a few days, and then making our, our trek back home from there. And you made it happen. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a great trip. It was one of the best. Yeah.
0: Ah, dude, so good. And, and I bring that up because I want dads to hear that. You know, like if you carve out space. So you know, usually we're just going through life, but if you carve out space, like Tony has with his wife, to say let's let's make let's make a plan for next year, and when you're sitting there, not in your daily routine, you go, "What if we were to do X?" And then you put it on the calendar and make it happen. I mean. What does that do for you as a dad? What does that show your kid that, that it's something's possible? Um, we just don't always pause to think about what matters to us. And now you've got the pictures of that forever, you know, um, uh, dude, and and the YouTube video. Yeah. You're good at the YouTube video. I remember going whitewater rafting with you and you made a YouTube video of that. That's hilarious. I just remember that, um, yeah. Dads, I encourage you like set aside the time because before you know it, your kid's going to be 16. I was talking to a friend today, their, their kids, um, 17 leaving the house very soon. And they're like, I really wish we would have done this trip. And they named a trip that they had always been on their mind to do, but they just never put it on the calendar. So they're supposed to meet with me tomorrow and tell me when the week is that they're going to do it. And then I'm going to help figure it, figure out how to get them to do it. But anyways, Dude, powerful, really, really good stuff. Okay, Tony, when you think about the role of the father, what would you describe the role of the father as?
1: Ooh. Um, well, for me, the role of a father, I guess, would be um, protector, a supporter, um, and uh, and a teacher. You know, I think uh, all those three are. are Pretty important you know um, fathers and mothers have important roles that uh, they play in, in the children's lives and sometimes that can um, be one and the same and sometimes we have just differences that are you know innate in 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 a father and, and innate in a mother and I think yeah. um, I think for fathers not to say that mothers can't be protectors and teachers either I think that's just how I feel with my family is I just feel yeah. like you know I've I've, I've I've always had a strong um, um, motivation to make sure that they're well taken care of, that they're protected, um, that they know how to navigate through life, you know, as best as, as they can, you know, yeah. and, and situations and circumstances come up to, to just be there to, to support them and, and help them navigate them through it. That's good, man.
0: Yeah. And when you talk about navigating life, it's like on one hand, they're navigating life under your roof with with you know, guardrails based on their age of what they can and can't do, right? Your sixteen year old can go drive the car, your eleven year old can't. Um, but this thought that I've had, so we're doing like a family meeting this Saturday, and I try to do this once a year, and like, what does that mean? What does that look like? And one of the questions that I was kind of wrestling with myself, especially since I'm seeing the handwriting of Brooklyn moving out of the house is like, what is important to Ned when my kid moves out of the house? Like, what is it that I want them to know? Cause I want them to know everything, but, but that's not realistic, right? I can't get them prepared for everything. So I'm kind of throwing this question out the blue to you. But when you think about that, if you were to say like two or three things, max, when your kids move out that you really want them to know or be prepared for, take what take with them. Can, does anything come to mind for you?
1: Oh yeah. hundred um, percent. I, I hope and, and wish for them that they'll find something that brings them joy and happiness in whatever it is that they do, especially in a job or a career, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that money and power or just having those things, you know, although they may be important to some degree to, to get through life, um, they are not what is most important. Um, in my opinion, it's family love and relationship and mm-hmm. the more we can instill those things in all of our children. I think the better, the, you know, the better, the, the better we all will be. And, and unfortunately, you know, that's just not the way it is in this world. Sometimes money and power take over and, and cause problems. But, um, that would be the one thing I hope I can get my kids to take away is that just doing what doing what they love doing, regardless of what the, you know, and what they're happy doing, regardless of how much money it pays them, as long as it, it supports them and, and gets them through this life um, with love and happiness, I, I'll, feel, I'll feel fulfilled.
0: Yeah. Dig it. So to dig into this a little bit, what does it mean to you to have your kid want to go do something that, that they love and brings them happiness, right? Cause it's, it's tough in our current culture. You and I sell insurance. It is not the sexiest thing in the world to say like, oh, I'm an insurance salesman versus I'd love to say, I don't know, like I'm a pro surfer, but yep. the the reality is, is like what I actually love is developing people, building relationships. And so I'm able to live out what I love through insurance. So and, and obviously, like, talk about fatherhood and do other things as well. But when you say that, like, when your kids leave, is it about the job? Is it about the – relate? I mean, you already said love and relationships. But talk to me a little bit more about that. Like, how do you teach your kid to go find something that they love to do when there's a lot of jobs out there that maybe aren't, like, I don't know, sexy for the lack of a better word?
1: Yeah, that's tough because I've struggled with that off and on too. And And like you said, mm-hmm. insurance isn't the – you know, the coolest job on the planet, but what we do within insurance for me is great. You know, I get to build relationships. I get to meet people. I get to learn about other people's businesses and how they interact with, um, within their organizations. And I get to travel, I get to do, you know, do those cool things. And to me that that's pretty good. That's pretty fun um and so i guess they have to be able to connect within themselves and what they resonate with you know find within themselves what makes them happy and brings them joy and then hopefully that translates into you know um uh, a good family life for them uh, a good job for them and um you know and, and just happiness i mean success doesn't mean that you have a, are that you're making a lot of money and in my opinion, and that you have, you know, control over, th- over everything. Success to me means that you're happy, um, uh, living a, you know, living your life for the most part. I mean, look, there's ups and downs. For sure. A, for sure. For sure. Totally. Perfect. But for the, you know, for the most part, you've connected with yourself and, 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 um, and that you're able to connect that with, you know, what it is you do in your daily activities, I guess.
0: Yes. Okay. I want to, I'm writing this down cause I'm going to come back to this, but I'm going to ask a hard question that I've never asked, but I'm going to ask it of myself too. Cause here you go. If we were to bring your three kids on right now, and if we asked them, does your dad like what he does for a living? What do you think they would
1: say? You go and then I'll go. Oh. I think, uh, <laughs> I think that's going to vary by all three kids right now. My oldest would just say, I don't know. Okay. Uh, my middle would say, I think so. And my youngest would say, yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> why um, is the, the oldest one say, I don't know, because he's unsure of your emotional state or because he's wrapped up in his own world? Both. Both. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So good answer. So uh, I don't know. I think so. And yes. And why do you think the youngest would say absolutely yes?
1: Um, I think he's, he's more, he, Right now we have, he he sees, he sees things like he's paying attention to things. He sees Mm -hmm. that, you know, we're able to do cool things and support him. And, and he also sees that, you know, I, I, um, I've talked to him, you know, about work and, and about life. And, and I think, uh, I'm, I'm speculating, but I think he sees, uh, that overall I've enjoyed what I've done with my work and my career so
0: interesting because i just kind of taking this from you but there are certain i have five kids right and some i'm it's not that i'm not close to all of them i am but like the my son and i connect really well because we're very similar right so there's things that he would maybe catch on or know about me because he just knows me well right and so it sounds like that's what i'm hearing a little bit from you your son Active, go getter, uh, competitive, all things that are very true about you. Right. So he knows right. you maybe on a little bit more intimate level. Now, that's a
1: good, yeah, that's a good analogy. I, th- I didn't think about it that way, but yeah.
0: So I asked the question because it's a hard question. And I bet if we were hey. to ask, you know, a thousand dudes who are listening, does your kid, what would your kid say? I think a lot of us would say, uh, my kid would say, I hate my job, which is kind of, uh we should really be thinking about this is that the example that we want to set i mean our job most for most of us it's going to take up a good 30 40 50 hours of our week which is a really good portion of our life right yeah and so this idea of like do what you love are we setting a well one could you and this is what tony said tony said um if you're connected with yourself, right? So you know that you are competitive. You know that you like to build relationships. You know that you like to like connect and travel and do this. And you have found a career that you can do those things in. So it almost doesn't matter what the label of the career is. So what I would suggest, dads, is if you are showing up at home saying you hate your life, hate your job, you're setting a terrible example for your kids. And I've been guilty of it too, right? But can you connect with yourself? What matters to you? can you find those things in the career that you have? Can you build those in the, I sell cars. I'm a manager here. I do whatever. And if not, should you go do something else? Even if you can bear it for the next 20 years to do this crappy job, you hate, is it worth setting that example for your kid?
1: Yeah. And in in addition to that, um, you know, whether it be finding another job or creating your own career, there you go. Um, you know, that you have within yourself and, and you know, whether that be, you know, starting a, uh, a business that is in line with whatever your passion is, you know, and taking that leap of faith and seeing how it goes. Right. I mean, you only, you only, your greatest failure is to not do something right. Cause you don't mm. know what the outcome is going to be right. If you, at least if you try it, and it fails, now you know, or now you've learned from it, and you can try again, right? Um, Or you try it, and it's successful, you you succeed, you make it work. Either way, to me, that's a success. A
0: a success, yes, for you personally as a human being, but also a huge success for your kids. Like to show them, hey, we're going to buckle down, we're not going to take the Disneyland trip this year because we're going to try this. And we're going to go camping down the road or whatever it is sure. at the end of the day, like your kids care about being with you and they care about being with you who can be present and happy. And just to connect the word, I think the word passion gets thrown around a lot, which I'm very passionate, but you know, Tony said, do something you're passionate about. I think there's a misconception that to, that means like I'm going to be a professional golfer or like, it's doesn't mean your hobby. It means know yourself and, and then go, there's a lot of careers out there that you could live out your passions in or sure. or businesses you could start. For Dude, sure. really freaking powerful stuff for dudes to hear. Um, and I think a lot of this – I need to ask – well, I'm going to ask this now. I think some of this may come from like a really good foundation that you, you got from your dad and you already mentioned it that like he was a hard worker, right? And you saw this um, – and so, you know, when I ask in the, in the Google form, like, are there stories you want to touch on? You said something super powerful and, and I want to dig into this cause I don't think we talk about it enough, but you said, my dad taught me the importance of discipline and consistency, um, through his example of work, gym and patience. So, so talk to me about discipline and consistency, those two things, but then I want to wrap it up with patience because dude, I don't think we talk about that enough.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, what he, what he instilled in me, uh, growing up, uh, was discipline and not discipline, like physical or, you know, abusive, but like the word persistence. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Perfect. He persevered. He, he stuck with what he did and loved. And, um, it's twofold, one with business, but also one with personal. I can remember him, um, from from as long for i guess as far back as i can remember he's always been an avid gym goer mm. and working out and staying physically fit right and he's done that every morning every day of his life um monday through friday at least waking up at 5 a.m 4 30 a.m 5 30 a.m goes to the gym comes home eats breakfast gets ready goes to work and then he's back at the end of the day um and that's that's been it for 40 years, you know? And so, um, that I think his work ethic, his discipline <laughs> was instilled in me, um, in that aspect. And so, you know, I've followed similar footsteps. Um, I've, I've, um, had, a, a, you know, I've been in this career now, um, for as long as I have, um, I'm an avid gym goer. I'm avid about physical fitness and health. Um, and I've, um, stuck with that this whole time, you know? And so, um, discipline gets lost. I think a lot nowadays in the, in the sense that, um, a lot of people give up too quick and they don't really give what it is that they're doing a shot at being successful. And whether that be in marriage, family life, whether that yes. be a job, whether that be with kids, you know, there's a lot of areas in that, in that field where, um, a lot of us give up too quick and over that, you know, it could be dieting, whatever it is, you know, we just we don't have the we, we, whatever we were raised with the discipline or the perseverance or the persistence and and then failure becomes inevitable. Right. And mm. so um, so that that's probably the biggest takeaway I have uh, from my dad is. What he Yeah, so
0: about. I I want to talk about this discipline for a second because I think that the power, right? So you're 41 and you just said, I watched my dad for 40 years go to the gym. Like I can't even think of a day, Monday through Friday, he didn't go because it's just so routine. And the impact that, that has on you that now that's your life. And I mean, I've known you probably, I don't know, 10 or 12 years or something like that. You've always been really fit, right? Not to the point where it's like, <sighs> I hate to say it like this. Like Some guys, I think, it, it, I don't know if it's like, like a crutch or it's a compensation for other areas of life feeling mediocre. It's just a part of your rhythm. And that's the point I want to get across is you saw your dad do it for 40 days, 40 years. And, and even now, right. And, uh, um, yeah, even now
1: he's 60, even now 67, 68. Shoot. just
0: you. in it. And dude, what's cool is even Steve. Cause I just saw uh, your yeah. uncle, which is his brother, Steve and Steve's 60. Is he 65?
1: Uh, no, no, he's, he's around 60.
0: Oh, 60. That's right. He's 60, but he was just here in Hawaii. I saw him like last week, dude is ripped. And I'm like, dude, yeah. I want to look like you when I'm 60. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but that example that your dad set for you now you're setting for your kid is remarkable. And that's true discipline. Like a uh, nothing against like a 75 hard or any of those things. Those are, those are great. Right. But to do something for 60 days or 90 days in our culture is discipline. Like, dude, I'm so disciplined. But to do something for 40 years, like that's not even something we talk about these days.
1: Yeah, it
0: it it's and it's so important. And the thing is, is dads, as you're listening, any of you can do that, like, like live a life of consistency. That's the other word you use is consistency and discipline for yourself. Your marriage, you know, your your relationship with your kids, I mean, the longevity of the impact you're going to have on your family is huge. So the third word that you said, well, any thoughts on consistency before I jump to that third word? I mean, it's kind of Um, similar, but I don't know if you have any different feelings about consistency.
1: No, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think, you know, just it's consistency and discipline kind of go hand in hand, you know, um, Hmm.
0: Let me ask you this then okay so if it's january 1st and i just got you know five pounds on me from christmas uh because i love pecan pie very much um i could be disciplined for 30 40 days okay so we kind of talked about that my motivation though my motivation to be disciplined maybe i don't want to look like a fat idiot but consistency is a little bit different. I think consistency might be tied a little bit more to a different motivation or a different purpose behind what you're doing. Do you find that to yeah, be maybe, true for maybe you? More so
1: a longer term outcome. You know, it's look, it's not easy for me to. Um, I'm not. I'm not an early riser. It's never been that easy for me to get up early and go to the gym. So most of my workouts are in the later afternoon or in the evenings, at night. And um, look, man, as I especially as I've been getting older. There are a lot of times I do not want to go out and go for a run or I do not want to go to the gym and lift weights or in my office do push-ups and crunchies and sit-ups and yeah. I'll find every excuse in the book, you know, I'm too busy. I got to get through my emails. I'm too tired. I'm just sitting at home. I want to relax. I've had a long day. And, um, you know, I go through that motion daily in my mind. And, um, you know, it, that's, that's the greatest, I think – mental workout of all Hmm. is that even though that's going through my mind, um, I'm hopefully like I'm working out physically, working out mentally and getting myself through those difficult moments, talking myself through it and just saying, look, you know, pull those guys down and get to work, right? Yeah. Yeah. Stop being a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That (laughs) self-talk is important. No.
0: so." what's your motivation though? So do you think that you have, I mean, one, it's like, I wonder if your motivation becomes easier because you had a great example, but still like dude, marriage and being a dad and going to work every day. It's a lot of work. What would you say your motivation behind it is like your conviction to be a loving husband and a great
1: dad and to be in um, shape? You know, it's changed over the years as I've Mm. kind of, um, learned and developed and, and, um, gone through the motions but right now it's um just health and fitness um just making sure i'm strong enough and able enough to um be around as long as i can and be in a position to where you know i'm not too much of a burden i guess on somebody else down the road but you know i think it's just i think it's just um how how can i prolong my life and make it as healthy as possible At this point, yeah. you know, um, yeah. before, you know, sure, there was ego, there was self-motivation involved, you know, and, you know, trying to look the best or whatever. But, uh, that was always, um, temporary. It was, it
0: was maybe the discipline in the moment, but the consistency came from a, from a deeper why of family and being yeah. there and not being that came from
1: Yeah. That came from the foundation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So bro, you know, this podcast is, uh, uh, fatherhood field notes and you've been doing it, opening up your field notes, sharing your life, um, what works, the struggles, the victories, but the mantra behind it is rebel and create. Um, and it could be applied to anything you've heard this, so you know it, but when you think about rebel and create, what's something that you are rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that?
1: Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of people that know me, or that meet me may not, may not think this, but, uh, I'm, I'm usually, I'm, I'm not usually, I'm, I'm very insecure. And so I have what's called imposter syndrome. And oftentimes I, I question a lot of things about what I'm doing. You know, I come off very, uh, I I think, you know, I'm pretty social. I try and, uh, uh, you know, interact and, 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 you know, just be outgoing or whatever, but deep, deep down inside, I've got some anxiety. I've got some imposter syndrome. And so that's, uh, that's what I rebel against is constantly, um, trying to improve upon that. And, and, you know, like with imposter syndrome, for me, it, it can look a lot of ways. I mean, am I, am I really a great father? You know, mm-hmm. am I really a good husband? Oh man, I said this crap, right? Did this crap? Why did I do that? You know? Or I'm not good enough to be this way. Or I'm not hitting my mark. You know, with work, am I going to be a great boss? You know, am I going to be successful? Is this company going to going to thrive with me? You know, at the helm. Um, you know, with friends, am I fitting in? You know, am I saying stupid stuff? You know, I don't know. It's just different things that that pop in on it. You know, that that keep me uh, keep me up at night sometimes. And you know, and then there's that anxiety. And so, um, so I'm rebelling against that because. Uh, you know, that it, it kind of develops also within in, in tandem that some perfectionism, you know, so I'm mm. like always trying to try to be perfect in a certain way. And so I guess that would be this the kind of hand in hand with what I'm rebelling against is perfectionism, imposter syndrome, um, so you know, good. not everything has to go right, you know, the kids may mess up, and that's okay. Or, you know, um, Courtney and I, you know, in, in our marriage may, may have an issue and we got to figure it out. Right. And that's okay. Um, work, you know, I, somebody gets upset at somebody, you know, I don't know, but it's those things where I've like, you know, things aren't kind of in motion and, and it, like it goes off the rails, you know, um, it's not the end of the world. Right. And so that's uh, that's what i'm rebelling against is rebelling against uh, that imposter syndrome that that perfectionism that's inside of me dude
0: man i i so appreciate you saying that like i didn't know you were going to say that i didn't know how you were going to say that but like i resonate big time with it is is this this you know insecurities of how do i fit in and did i say something stupid um and then the perfectionism right and then expecting everyone around me to be perfect because i'm trying to be perfect so i just so resonate i so resonate with that and and really want to break out of that and i just feel you because it feels like such a waste of time and i get so frustrated because i just want to be me and when i am me i love that version of me and most other people seem to like that version of me too so I don't know why I question who that guy is um and, and I've really been realizing it myself lately is is like when things don't go the way that I thought they were gonna go because I am trying to have the perfect day which I think is almost leaning into being a little godlike uh it, I actually just so this is literally bro this week. You know, I send out the hump day text every week. Um, yeah. like there's a group of dudes on there and it was something cause it was, I needed this cause I keep running into days that have been falling apart. And I realized that I think that the reason that's happening is it's a gift from God to help me go, your shit doesn't have to be perfect. It's not supposed to be like, who are you when the shit falls apart? That's what we want. Yeah. Not when you're time blocking and woke up at four and did your workout and drank a bottle of water, you know, all yeah. like, oh, the the stuff but who are you when all that falls apart yeah so anyways the hump day text which you probably saw was something like when your day is interrupted pause and say thank you because i think god wants trying to show you something or right. something yeah. like that yeah. um but i think that's him being grace gracious and patient with you and i who are like i want to be perfect i want everyone to like I want everything to work out and that's just not that's just not real all the time
1: yeah yeah,
0: 100%. Uh, dude, it's funny. It's like growing up and being a dad, and like we, we were just talking, we have 16 year olds, but we are still trying to figure all this stuff out ourselves. But the opportunity, you know, a lot of men don't have the opportunity to say, dude, you know what? I freaking struggle with insecurity. Boom. Yeah. Without it being a big deal. Uh, and go like, you know what, I do too. And so that next time when I'm struggling with it, I might go like, I don't want Tony to deal with this. And you might go, ah, oh, I hope Ned's not dealing with this. And then it's a text, bro, hope you're having a great day. And yep. you're a rad guy. Like, ah, oh, we just need more of that. And I think people are ready and open for it, you know? Yeah. But, th- but I think it's moments like this where somebody's willing to just say that.
1: Yeah, it's tough, man. It's not easy to just be vulnerable and, and oftentimes put out there, you know, what people don't see or realize, right. right? And and be real in it.
0: Yeah, because what I wrote down is I wrote down what you said and then I wrote, dude, you come off very confident. You yeah. know, like almost to yeah. a point where I've been in, I've, because we've done business together uh, to where I could be a little intimidated by you in some instances, like successful business, family business, you know, b- bigger agency than mine. So there could be this like, oh man, I, there's a little bit of like, I'm intimidated. Uh, But then isn't it so funny how then we we go, well, hang on a second. We both are feeling like a little insecure. Like, why don't we just be ourselves and then just figure this out? And what's best for everybody? Yeah. Dude, so funny, bro. So good, though. Um, Okay, I don't want to miss this because you just come from such a great family. But when you think about uh, being a father, like what has been some of the best resources to you, um, through the different stages of being a dad. And then I'll, I'll ask you my last question.
1: Okay. Um, for resources, uh, well, my mom and dad, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have them, um, for all my life, you know, up to this point so far. And so, um, you know, like I shared earlier about what I've kind of learned from my dad, You know, I've learned a lot from my mom as well, which Mm -hmm. kind of translates into what I'm trying to create out of, you know, what I'm rebelling against. But, um, that would be, uh, love, happiness and forgiveness, you know, and my mom is the epitome of that. And Mm. I'm learning a lot right now that there's truth in numbers and with some stuff that we got going on right now in family, there are hundreds of people, um, writing about my mom that, um, all resonate the same that she's always been a very happy person, smiley person, loving person, giving person and selfless person. And that to me was the defin- she's the definition of charity to me. And so, um, so that's, uh, that's, what's kind of what I've learned um, from my parents. Um, and hopefully I can translate that too in my life. Um, and then on top of that, you know, books, uh, your fatherhood books, podcasts. I, I have a commute. Um, I call it a commute. It's about 35, 45 minute commute one way to and from work and home. And so I spend, uh, pretty much all of that time listening to podcasts or audiobooks. and, um, uh, and just every day I'll throw something on that I want to learn, uh, listen to somebody I want to listen to and, uh, and just soak it up, man. And so I'm doing so a lot through that. That's
0: so good, dude, investing in yourself like that. Um, Do you know how many years your uh, parents have been married?
1: Uh, 44, I think. 79. They're married in 79, so I think it's 44.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I bring it up because the the impact that you and I have to fight for our marriages and to be consistent and be disciplined in like work, fitness, family, those things. Like that's paying off right now for you, right? You know, because the work that your parents did and you and I have that same opportunity to set up that foundation for for our kiddos, our great-grandkids, our great great-grandkids. It's like it's all connected. Um and and just kind of going back a little bit, you know, you talked about rebelling against against this and then you talked about what you're creating is like like self-worth and and love not just for those around you but for yourself as well yeah. and that your mom was such a great example of that. And like, I mean, definitely like a matriarch, right? Like bringing yeah. that together in the family, um, is, is such a beautiful opportunity, you know, and for you and I, for those of us who are married is to start treating your wife that way, like see her as that matriarch leader of the family mm-hmm. and help grow her into that. Like the intention would, I think sometimes like at least me, I just think about myself, you know, a lot being this like rad grandpa, patriarchal dude who's leading. But yeah. what about my wife? And like, what can I do to build her up to, as she's becoming that person? Because dude, think like moms are freaking awesome,
1: right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, they endure a ton.
0: Oh dude. They do. Did you say yeah. they endure a ton?
1: Oh yeah.
0: Oh man. Yeah, they endure That's a really so good much. word. I mean,
1: they'll endure endure more than we can ever know. I mean, not only with just giving birth, but they at least stay at home mom, it, Well, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe not, but, but my wife was a stay at home mom, you know, I would like you and I, we were gone, you know, every day. And so we weren't in the thick of it with the kids, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. not easy, not easy being around, you know, somebody that, that regularly and having to go through all of the uh, ups and downs of that in any given day.
0: Yeah, that's a really good word, dude. And, and I think dudes, we forget because we have our busy day and we come home and we got our needs. Like I'm, I'm needy, but dude, your wife endures her day. She might work. She might not, but she endures a lot. And so freaking show up and support her as well. Dude, that's good. Yep. All right, bro. I want to respect your time. Here's before I ask my last question, anything yeah. we missed, anything that you're like, oh, dude, I wish we would have talked about X, Y, or Z.
1: Um. No, I think I touched on what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to create out of what I'm rebelling. Um, you know, life is messy, man. I love that you say that. I love it's that so you say
0: messy, that. It's messy, bro. <laughs> yeah. And,
1: and, you know, we're, we're just trying to get through it and figure things out as it comes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to, that's, what's so important about family. Um, is that if you can, if you can create a family that, um, is surrounded by love and support through thick and thin. Right. Yeah. I mean, my brothers and I haven't always had the greatest relationship, but we're family. We're together. We're here for each other. You know, um, uh, extended family, whatever you, you, I want that instilled within my family. I want yeah. them to know that we're, you know, we're here for each other through thick and thin and, um, life is messy. It's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be roses. You know, we're not perfect. Um, and if if we can create that support network around us, you know, close friends, whatever. Um, if you don't have that family, you know, connect. You, you, it, it's out there though. You can you can yeah. find it.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, dude, that really leads perfectly into the last question, and it's a legacy question. Um, and and imagine, you know, uh, thirty years from now. Thirty years from now, your youngest will be forty-one. Right, the age yeah. that you are now. Yeah. Um. If you were to stand out in the street and look into the homes of your children thirty years from now, what is it that you hope to see being played out in their lives, based on the man that you are right now and the the man that you're continuing to become?
1: Um. I mean, yeah. A lot of that is just uh, family and tradition, you know, and mm. love and support, you know. Um. Yeah. Just, just trying to be a good human being to yourself, to others, to people that you, you surround yourself in. And, and that's, um, it's all I can ask for is that, you know, that legacy of, of memories, uh, legacy of life experiences that mm-hmm. we've tried mm-hmm. to, to bring about in, and instill in them. Um, I hope resonates and is something that they cling on to and as well as pass on to their next generations if they have choose to have one.
0: Bro. So good, Tony. Thank you for the man you are, the husband, the father, the friend, the business leader. Um, You are continuing to strive and become the best version of yourself, but not for you. I mean, to some level, yes, but but so that you can be a great human being. Um, and you're showing your kids the work that you're doing. Um, and they're going to one day show it to their kids and their kids and their kids. So the legacy you're leaving is, is going to live well beyond your year. So keep, uh, keep it up, man. Keep doing what you're doing. and, And I appreciate the friendship and I appreciate the time to connect on fatherhood.
1: Thank you, man. Yeah. I'll certainly try and do that. And the imposter syndrome guy inside of me will say, Hey man, I'm not doing great, but, but I'm trying. And that's, uh, that's what counts. And and I appreciate you too and everything that you're doing, Ned. Thanks thanks for uh, the support and having me on, on here with you.
0: Love it, dude. Until next time. Until next time. Incredible conversation. So powerful. I loved when I asked Tony about what he was rebelling against, that he jumped right into the real stuff. It was so good. I really appreciated his vulnerability and hope that it inspired you to own the areas of your life that you desire to grow and to not keep them in the dark, but to... Find people to build open relationship with that you can talk about these things that matter most so that we can show up well for our families. Now, my friends, if you're here, you're already making massive change to your legacy, your family tree by investing in yourself as a father. As you know, many men stumble into their role as a father. Our society is in desperate need for fathers who know who they are and are engaged in their home. I created the Adventure Fatherhood Children's Book and Gift Box as an opportunity for you to be a part of inviting another man into his adventure. Please help me spread the word that fatherhood matters. I worked hard for you and I to have a rad gift to welcome a new dad or a dad with a new baby into their role. Please, Go to adventureoffatherhood.com to order the new kid's book, make your own gift, or I've done the legwork. You can order a pre-made gift box, write a personalized note in it, we'll ship it for you, send it to a friend, somebody you know, walking them into their role. Your friend's kid could one day marry your kid. It's important that we set our future families up for success. And that starts in the home. Do not let men stumble into their fatherhood role. It's up to you and I to invite them in. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guiding edge. shout together. Let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. I look forward to hanging out with you next time.